All right. So um, how many of you guys have barbecues during the summer? You guys, like, just everybody comes over, you cook stuff, you eat more than you should, and you're like, why did I eat that? And I'm, I'm, I'm done. And then you go back up there, and you're like, I'll just have one more. And, you, and you're like, I've eaten, like, four hamburgers, two hot dogs, and you like, I've had, like, five pieces of cake, but I'm going to go back up. And I'm like, I just need a drink of water. And then you're like, hmm. Nobody's looking. Grab it. And, and you're like eating more than what you should, and then you regret it. And then you're like, oh, why did I eat that? Oh, you guys ever been to that restaurant and you like you get this portion? And you're like, this is awesome. I'm going to eat it all. And about halfway through, mercy, um, can't eat, can't eat this, <laughs> can't eat. Yes. We went to this restaurant one time on the way back from Indiana. Mercy was with us and Jade was with us before uh, Jade got married. And so we stop at this restaurant and they've got this challenge and it's like this steel tin about this big. And it's basically like, what, four patties? And it's like, no, no, it's like a three it was a three-pound cheeseburger and like a pound of fries. And Mercy's like, I accept that challenge. And I'm like, I'm watching her. And she's, she's all smiling. And she's like, this is so easy. And then about halfway in, she just gets this, if you've ever seen Mercy's frowny face, it's that, you know, it's that look like I just got in over my head. And she's like, uh, and then she started to eat it with a fork and a knife, and I'm just like, she's like, I'm going to do this. And then after, after a while, she's like, I quit. I'm, just, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. But so many times our eyes look at something and go, I can eat all of that, or I want that. And, and what happens is, is this, is instead of allowing um, ourselves to be full, we always just eat more. Like, I'll, we'll order pizza, and I'll be like, six pieces in, I'll be like, I think I'm full now, but I'm going to eat another piece. And so we, you know, we always do that as humans. We tend to um, eat more than we should, and we're like, oh, that was really good. I just want, it's not that we're hungry. We like the flavor of it, and we like the, the mindset of and the, what it does to our brain. Like, I just ate a piece of pizza. I ate six pieces of pizza. I'm going to go back for the seventh. I shouldn't, but I want to because it makes me feel good when I eat this. Um, so I was watching videos on YouTube uh, this, earlier this week, and I was going to play a video for you, but... I, I saw it, but I can't play it for you because it gets a little weird. And But I'm just going to describe it. There's this apple uh, pie eating contest, and they've got pies, and they're like a 12-inch pie, and there's three people or four people set up, and they're eating this pie. And this guy's eating it, and, and he's winning, and he's winning. All of a sudden, he throws up everything he's been eating in the pie. And you hear this guy in the background, eat it, eat it. Because he's way ahead of everybody else, but he's throwing up. And all of a sudden, he grabs a handful, and he's like, he looks and you hear the guy going, eat it, eat it. And he goes, oh. I was, and I was like, how, how desperate are we for, to win that and for food that we're like, oh, I shouldn't, but I'm going to because it's, it's that horrific. And we, but we do that. And it made me start thinking about how our eyes are actually bigger than our stomach. And we're like, yeah, that looks so good. We, we, we. If you've ever been with me shopping, um, never go shopping with me because I always go shopping when I'm hungry. And I'm like, Sarah will be in there. I'll be like, I'll, I'll walk away for five minutes. I'll come back. We were getting this. We're getting this. I'm like, I got 10 pounds of lunch meat, you know, and, and I'll come back with cookies and crackers. And I'm like, hey, look, I found a, you know, whatever. And she's like, and I know as soon as I walk away, she's setting it back on the shelf because I'm like, where did that go? She was like, I don't know. And, you know, so our eyes are always bigger than our stomachs. 
we go to restaurants and we buy, we buy dinner and we eat it all because we want to get our money's worth out of it. Well, I'm going to get my money's worth. Don't care about my weight or my cholesterol, anything like that. I want my money's worth out of this. I only spent $8 and it's, it's $12 worth of food, but I'm going to get my money's worth out of it. And we spend more, we, we focus on that instead of, instead of, okay, consuming till we're full. But we're like, nope, I'm just going to keep eating it because I don't want to take it with me, but I'm going to get my money's worth. I don't want that doggy bag because it's going to sit in the back of the window for two days and then I'm going to give it to the dog and because I want to get my money's worth out of it. So it does nothing positive for us. I guarantee you if you eat it all after you're full, it does nothing good for you besides make you feel good for about three minutes and then about an hour later you're like, I shouldn't have eaten all that. But it made me start to think about how we relate to God in that way of being full. How God relates to us as being full. And Luke 2.40 says this, that there the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was upon him. So we look at God and we say, okay, when we, we think of full, we think of food. We think of a, a full glass of water, not a half glass of water. We think of things in a material Form. We think of it as a consumable form, but God's mindset for us is always in a spiritual way. We, and and I'll, I'll kind of expound on that in a couple minutes, but God wants to fill us with everything that he has, every resource that God has, every um, um, a commodity that God has in his kingdom, he wants to fill us with that. He wants to, to fill us with peace, he wants to fill us with joy, he wants to fill us with Grace, he wants to fill us with those things so we have the ability to give those to other people. The cool thing about the kingdom of God is, is this, is when he fills us, he fills us to overflow. So in the kingdom of God, we don't get filled and go, oh, I shouldn't have had that much. We go, we get filled by what God gives us and we're like, man, I can give to other people. The overflow, the more than we need is healthy for the kingdom of God. It's healthy for us as people because what happens is God fills us with mercy or he fills us with grace and that overflow extends to people and it, it blesses people. So Christ paid the highest price so we could eat and, and be full of what God has given us. Be, come to God's table and say, God, I need this. And God gives it to us. And when God does something, he doesn't do it in a half way half empty kind of format um, he does it so when he fills something it's overflowing on the table on soaking the napkin overflowing onto the floor when god pours water out into a cup so god is not going to just say okay i'm going to give you a half a glass of water and you have to partake of it and everyone around you has to partake of it he gives us an overflowing glass so the overflow is for everyone else the, 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 what's inside of the container is for us. It's to fill us and for us to be whole and us to be healthy and us to have mercy, peace, joy, love. But everything else that overflows out of our life from that glass, and I'm going to represent us as a glass, everything that overflows us is for everyone else. So my overflow is for every one of you. Sarah's overflow is for her family and um, people in her life. So my, our overflow is to help you guys grow. Our, our overflow of, of whether it's love, joy, peace, mercy, is to help you guys grow in that so that your overflow continues to go to the next person. 
Proverbs 3.10, and this is where God, I, I looked up the word fill and filled in the Bible, and there's about 170 different ways of, or different uh, scriptures in it. So I'm going to read these to you. So Proverbs 3.10, and this is talking about, this is a pretty common scripture and people use, and it says, then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. What this uh, is actually used for is a tithe scripture, but this, we don't even have to look at that as a tithe scripture. We can look at that and say, this is a scripture that God is my provider, that everything that I need will come in when it's supposed to, on time, never late, and what happens is the barns will be so full, my, my storehouse, my, my whatever is, will be so full that it'll be overflowing. If you hear the story of Ruth and Boaz, Boaz was a farmer, uh, or was a landowner, he had farms. People would go out and pick the crops for him, his workers would. But then what he said to, if you look at, um, look at this scripture, he, he says, leave some for the gleaners. He said, leave some for this woman. What he was doing, his barns were so full of overflow, he didn't have to pack that in. He could have taken that, but what he did is he left the overflow for her to glean and for her to use because that's what he knew God was calling him to do. Sarah was out in the field last night. I saw her smile. I get, we're, me and my dad and my brother were working on this. I really won't call it a clubhouse. It's like a house for my kids. If you ever drive past our house, you'll see it. It stands pretty tall. It's about 11 feet tall, and it's like a mini house. Um, and we were working on it last night, and we're on the roof putting shingles on. And Sarah, I see Sarah walking by. She's got a hay fork. I'm like, what you doing? She goes, I'm going to glean. And she goes out in the hay field that had been cut and some of the stuff that hadn't been gathered up. And you see her out there. She's raking. I'm like, you go, Ruth. And she's like, yep. And she's out there just gathering up the extra hay. She's like, I'll have enough extra hay for the horses to eat during fair and different things like that. So Boaz had more than enough. And his barns were filled, so he let, the extra was an overflow for the people around him. It was overflow for Ruth to have food. So we look at God and say, okay, God is, is not a God of half. God is not a God of three quarters. He's a God of full, 100%. Never shy, never short. You know, when somebody gives you something, and they're like, hey, I got this for you, and you're like, oh, okay, but they're like, yeah, I brought you some brownies, but I took a bite of them. You guys ever done that? I've done that, and I've had that done to me, like, you know, hey, we made brownies, and like, we show up for a party, but like, I had to try them, you know, and there's like a block like this gone, yeah. because everybody knows I'm sitting there in the car with a fork going, trying to scrape them out, eating them on the way, and um, so God is not a God of, hey, I brought you brownies, and I ate half of them on the way. God is, I have brought you the fullness of what I am. And that's what he's trying to do in us, is create in us the fullness of Christ that is in us. We are supposed to grow into what Christ, who Christ is. So the fullness of Christ that is in us is going to help us grow into a full person. But what it does is the overflow in our lives will, will spread out to the people around us. So Luke 5, 7, you guys don't have to follow. I'm just going to read these scriptures, just some scriptures that really stuck out to me when I was going on this. And they beckoned unto their partners who were in the boat that they should come and help. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. And this is Jesus um, talking to the disciples. And he says, they're coming in. They're like, we've been out all night. We've got nothing. And Jesus says, 
go cast your net on the other side. And they're like, uh, yeah, we've tried both sides. They don't work. Jesus says, cast your net on the other side. So they cast their net on the other side. And such a, uh, such a, a huge school of fish that gets caught up in it that they have to actually call their partners offshore to come and help them load their boats to the point that they were almost sinking. So as we see, Jesus doesn't say, hey, throw your net on the other side and I'll get you three more extra fish. God says, I'm going to tell you to cast your net in a certain area and I'm going to have such an overflow that you're going to have to have somebody else come and help you contain everything that I've given you. God doesn't want to just maybe bless us. God doesn't want to maybe take care of us. He's not going to be like, well, I'll just kind of take care of you. God says, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to bless you to a point that it's overflowing, that your boats are sinking, that you need help to contain what has been you're pulling into your boats from your nets. So God says, I'm going to give you overflow that you're going to be able to give to someone else, that their boat will start to overflow and that they can carry on and continue to bless people with. So Jesus, when he was on earth, what did he do? He went around ministering to people, healing people, blessing people, um, you know, setting people free. He filled them in, with his love, his peace, his joy, and his mercy. So we look at that and we say, okay, Jesus mission on earth was to bless people. His job was to bring the kingdom of God to people in that moment. Jesus was the only one on earth at that time that was releasing the kingdom of heaven into their lives. The disciples, he was training them to. They were trying to, you know, they're like, hey, we did this and now, you know, we healed this guy, but we can't figure out how to heal this guy. And this guy, we cast the demons out, but this guy beat us up, and, you know, we're not sure why. So Jesus is training them. They're not able to operate in the fullness that Jesus was operating in, in that mindset. And, and no one ever will because Jesus was 100% man, 100% God, operating in the fullness that God had for him. But that he was teaching them how to operate in the kingdom of God, how to bring those aspects of the kingdom to fill people's lives. Um, I was watching something, and then I read, uh, the, it's the part where Peter is having an open vision, and he sees Jesus, and, or excuse me, he sees a sheet opening up and bringing down animals from heaven, and, and it has basically anything that a, a Jewish person, a Hebrew person, cannot eat, and he hears a voice that says, take and eat, take, kill, and eat, if I remember correctly, and then he, and he goes, Lord, I can't, this is unclean, he goes, do not call unclean what I have made clean. So Peter's thinking, okay, and, and most of us literally take that, that God, then God said, now you can eat all this stuff. Yes, that, that's true. I wouldn't eat all that stuff personally, but he basically, what he was telling Peter was, it is time for you to minister to the Gentiles. It's not about animals. It's about the Gentiles. I'm saying to you that the, the Hebrew people, the Jewish people are not the only people that are clean. He goes, don't call unclean what I have made clean. So Peter is now commissioned into ministering to the Gentiles, into ministering to Samaritan people. So God is filling Peter with the power of the Holy Spirit, or excuse me, he's filled Peter with the power of the Holy Spirit, tells him to preach the gospel to people that he normally didn't preach to. And what happens? Cornelius, he's called to Cornelius' house, Cornelius wants to know about the gospel, wants to understand who uh, Jesus is, and wants to have a relationship with him. Basically, 
leads them all into salvation there. They all get baptized, filled with the Spirit, and Peter, all that was, was an overflow of what God had filled Peter with. Peter then released into their lives to bless them. And think about this. Cornelius was a Roman guard, a Roman citizen. And Peter released what was in his heart and in his life into his family. So think about how quickly his family reached other people. And that's the thing is we don't realize that when we release something in someone else's life, when we we bless somebody with a a material gift, a spiritual gift, whatever it is, joy, mercy, release that into their life, we don't realize how many people that can touch. We think, oh, I just, I just, um, you know, I helped this one person. But we don't realize that when we release that into somebody else's life, how many more people they can release into their lives. So John 15, 11 says, I have told you these things that you may be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Jesus is telling his disciples that. He says, I'm telling you this, that your joy will be filled to overflow. So that's how God works. God isn't God, and he says, well, you know, I'm going to kind of fill a little bit here and a little bit there. God, what he does is he, when he pours out, and it says in Acts that when, or Jesus said that, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. So when the Holy Spirit comes, what does he do? Let's turn to Acts 2. Acts 2, 2. And then suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. So if you look at the Jewish-style houses, most of the houses were either single or double story. Um, they didn't have the ability to uh, have flood uh, uh, drainage systems, so houses were a lot of times built on four or five foot foundations up. So you'd have to walk up into the house in order to, because if the streets flooded, they didn't want water coming in their house. So you'd walk up, and a lot of times there would be another room up there. So we don't see it saying that it filled the room. It says it filled the whole house. The Holy Spirit, they were in the room together. They were in the upper room together, but it said it filled the whole house. So you know that there was disciples the disciples were together in the house, but there was other people in that house because they were in the upper room together. So there had to be other people in that house. And it doesn't say it filled the entire upper room with them in it. It says it filled the entire house. The Holy Spirit doesn't just come and say, I'm going to fill this room. So when the Holy Spirit is present with us today, he's just not in the cafeteria. He's moving through every room in this building. He's not just, well, I'm just going to stick in this location. Because why? We carry the Holy Spirit with us. The Holy Spirit, when, we, when the Holy Spirit shows up in our lives, He is not just going to fill one area and say, I'm going to stick with this area. Like, you know, I'm not going to fill just the upper room. I'm going to fill the entire house so that the, the entire house can be filled with my presence. All right. So it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then three, excuse me, then there, that's not three. Then there appeared to, divided tongues as a fire and one sat on each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. So, first of all, it filled the entire house, and then it fills each one of them. So the Holy Spirit is, it doesn't just come into them. It says it fills the house. The presence of God is in the house. The Holy Spirit is in the house, moving through the house, and then it fills them. 
So God is saying, I want to fill you with everything that I have, the Holy Spirit, my peace, my joy, my kindness, my love, my, my mercy towards people. But we have to be able to receive that filling. We have to be able to receive enough to be able to overflow. We can't just say, well, I just want a little because I want to keep it for myself. When God fills us to overflowing, it's so people, other people can have it. So in verse 4 it says, they were, each of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke in new tongues. So God is saying, I'm going to fill the room, I'm going to fill your life. I'm going to fill every area, you, every, eh, every area, there we go, got to get that out. Every area that you are in, I'm going to fill. Every area you go, I will fill. 2 Corinthians 7, 7 says, His presence was a joy, but so was the news he brought and encouragement he received from you. When he told us how much you long to see me, how sorry you are for what happened, and excuse me, and how loyal you are to me, I was filled with joy. That, that mindset of God filling us with every good thing, every, everything that we need is... is Anything that is lacking is filled to overflow. Anything that is already filled is overflowing now. If, if it's half empty, God's filling it up to overflowing. If it's, if it's at the level, God's saying, I'm putting a little bit more so it overflows. I'm going to pour a little bit more into your life. I'm going to pour a little bit more over what I've already given you. So God has, every gift that is, a, is from God is not um, minuscule. It's not half, it's not three quarters, it's not a quarter, it's not two thirds. It's, it's full. It's 100%. But what, what is God's 100%? We need to learn that. For us, 100% is, here's 100%. It comes right up to the edge of the cup, and we're like, this is 100%. But God says, that's not my 100%. My 100% is, my full is overflowing. My 100% is an overflow of so much that people are putting glasses around it to get water. The woman at the well she goes, um, he asked the woman for a drink. She goes, why are you even asking me? He goes, I need a drink. But he goes, I will give you living water and you'll never thirst again. He's saying that you will be so filled with living water, you will never have to be thirsty again. You will never go searching for someone again. You know, if you guys know the uh, Samaritan woman at the well, she basically was married a couple times, living with, with a man. And basically God's saying, if you give me a drink, I will fill you with living water so that way you're not going looking around for something to take care of you. My, my overflow will come into your life and satisfy every need that you have. If you're lonely, I'm going to satisfy that. If, if, you're, if you're, you need encouragement, I'm going to encourage you. He's not going to just say, okay, I'm cutting you off of the brim. He's saying, I'm going to pour so much into you that people will be coming up to you like a fountain and going, I need some of this. I need mercy. I need joy. I need peace in my life. I need something good in my life, and I need it. And they're going to be holding glasses up to your glass, just trying to get some of it off of your glass. Because God's saying, I'm going to pour so much. Because his overflow is like a thousand percent. His overflow is overflowing so much that other people are getting filled. That there's overflow and there's three cups underneath just filling up because he wants to fill us with living water. Living water, he doesn't tell us what living water is. 
But to me, living water is everything that the kingdom has, that God has, is living water. Because if you're lacking in something, that doesn't mean that you're full. If you're lacking in something, it doesn't mean that you're 100% satisfied. It doesn't mean that you're living life to the fullest. 2 Corinthians 8, 2 says, They are being tested by many troubles, they are, and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. First of all, first sentence says they're poor. But it says, filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed into rich generosity. The, the early church, everybody's like, oh, the early church had so much and, and uh, you know, or they were so poor and, and everybody was poor. But we look at certain churches in the Bible and they were. Certain churches in the Bible, they didn't have money. They were smaller churches. They may have been persecuted in some of their areas. And, but they had, what does it say? They were filled with abundant joy. Abundance is not, if you guys look at the word abundance, abundance doesn't mean just enough. Abundance means, hey, I've got 12 pounds of blueberries, do you want one? It means, hey, I've got an extra whatever, do you need this? I've got extra living water, do you want this? So, they were filled with abundant joy. How many of you know that joy is a priceless commodity? Happiness, that, that, that will evaporate. Joy doesn't go away. Joy, overflowing joy is contagious. Overflowing joy will overflow to people who don't have joy, will start to get joy. The joy that we have in our lives, God puts joy in our heart. What happens is people start to see, man, they're either really, really happy or they're on drugs. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so what they'll do is they'll try to figure it out. Um, but basically, if you have joy in your heart, if you have joy in your life, people are going to see that and they're going to be like, I don't know why this person, they're either really, really crazy because they're just always happy or they just live in this little world of their own and they always think, Sue, uh, everybody is, <laughs> is always, you know, everything's marshmallow and rainbows. I, you know, they, they don't quite know, so they try to figure it out. And we've had people like, why are you always so happy? And we get to explain to them, why do you, why, it's not happiness, it's joy. It's the joy that God provides for us because we have our life in him. When, our, when your life is in God, happiness is a temporal thing, and, and, but joy is an eternal thing. Joy in, in heaven is a priceless commodity. Joy is such a, uh, a, a priceless commodity because with everything that goes on in the world, happiness is like, oh, I'm, I'm great, and then something bad happens at work, and you're like, no, I'm not good, but that's our emotion. That's our happiness. But joy just says, you know what? No matter what goes on, I know where my source is. I know who fills me to overflow. I know who loves me. I know who takes care of me. I know who's my healer. I know who my provider is. And I'm going to be filled with that. I'm going to be filled with the joy that God has in me because, has put in me because I know what he does. God, there's something about God's personality that he, he likes to mess with us a little bit. He likes to, when he, he doesn't say, he doesn't say, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fill you with joy. I'm going to fill you with hope. I'm going to fill you with, with you know, he, some uh, heavenly currency. He says, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pour a little more. And you're going to be wondering why you have more. And, it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mess with your head a little bit. And you're going to be like, God, I need this. And he goes, I'm going to give you more than that. And you're going to be like, God, I only needed this. But he's, then he's going he's gonna to be like, yeah, I know. But now it's time for you to do something with it. 
And you're going to be like, oh, now I've got to work with what you've given me. So God's like, hmm, I'm just going to mess with you a little bit. So when you ask for peace, I'm going to give you peace. But during that time, there's going to be trials. And I'm going to see how your peace works. Don't ask for patience. That never works. Um, don't ask God for patience. Uh, we'll talk about that some other time, but never ask God for patience. Sarah did that one time. Um, yes. But God wants to fill us to overflow. He wants to take what his kingdom is. When we, when we receive him, we're filled with Christ. We have received him into our lives, into our hearts, and he fills our hearts. So when God says, you know what, I'm going to commission you, I'm going to give you gifts, I'm going to give you talents, I'm going to give you abilities to work in my kingdom, he says, I'm going to fill you with my Holy Spirit to empower you. I'm going to fill you with my presence and my, my, my peace, my joy, so that when you go out, people are peace, peaceful. It, uh, we went to her parents' 50th anniversary thing, and it, we walked in and we were like, we kind of just like, everybody's just kind of like not talking. Everybody's kinda, there's like some people over in the corner like this. They're like <laughs> looking around, like not looking. I mean, it's just, it was just weird. I mean, like nobody was talking. Everybody's just kind of like looking around. They, they wanted to talk, but they couldn't talk. And, and it's like, it, I don't want to say anything. When we walked in, we started talking to people. And as soon as Sarah and I started talking to people, everybody else started talking. It was like, what, we just had to release joy or release something when we walk into the room? Because everybody's just standing there. I'm like, wow, this is a happening party. <laughs> we, they, they followed what we were doing because we had joy. We don't, we don't care what people think about us. We, we basically walked in. We started talking to people. I don't even know who they are. I'm just like, hey, how you doing? Shaking their hand. I'm like, I never met you. Probably will be the only time I'll ever see you. And I'm just talking to people. But we released something in there to an overflow where people started to go and say, I want to do this too. Because there was nobody talking. Everybody was there, but there was nobody talking. And then we started to, to work with them and, and, you know, started talking to different people, sat down. And that's what God does. He releases something in you, so when you go somewhere, you release that. If it's a chaotic situation, my oldest, um, she's a little bit like me, a little ADD sometimes. And um, when she was a baby, um, the, the room could be chaotic. Everybody could be chaotic. And she would be, you could give her to that person, and instantly, the peace of God. That girl has the peace of God on her, and she releases peace wherever she goes. You will not meet another 12-year-old that releases the, the, the love of God and the peace of God like she does. She can be chaotic herself, but that peace is always, she's all like running around the house, la, la, la. My, my daughter has a notorious way of standing in front of the TV while we're all watching TV, and I'm like, Layla. She's at peace. She's just like, yeah, watch TV. Finally, we get up and push her out of the way. Oh, I'm sorry, you know. So God wants to fill us to overflow. That way, when we go out into our everyday life, we have an overflow of peace, joy, love, kindness, mercy to the people around us. So we're not going into a situation and saying, oh, this is a chaotic situation. I don't have peace. If we don't, aren't filled with peace, how do we put peace into a situation we go into? So God says, allow me to fill your life, allow me to fill to overflow that when, when you go into a chaotic situation, you bring peace, you bring calm, and you bring resolution to whatever the anxiety is in that room or that chaotic situation is. 
And if you have, if you walk into a situation that is not loving and kind, that your love and your kindness, my, his love and his kindness will overflow into that room and bring love and kindness to people and allow people to flow into that. Because people will usually follow something that is going on. If, if it's a chaotic situation, everybody's being mean, everybody's going to try to be mean. They just tend to follow that. So, this week as we go out, just ask God, God, what are you filling me, what are you filling me with that I can bring an overflow into people's lives?